0: This is important information. Ready, set, and begin. Who better to talk about the MLS in the Twin Cities than the head coach of your hometown United? All incredible things to look forward to. Now, courtesy of Heineken, this is The Adrian Heath Show. Quintero with a Minnesota goal! by former player and now Loon sideline reporter, Jamie Watson. Check this out! Hello, welcome everyone to the
1: Adrian Heath Show, presented by Heineken. Coming to you live tonight from Brit's Pub in downtown Minneapolis. One of the go-to spots for all the World Cup action going on so far. I feel like I have a cot in the back. This is probably my dozenth. Time here in the last two weeks. Uh, you know what? I just made it one. Is it? Doesn't it I is? I'm
2: not sure. It's a word, is it?
1: And 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 before I can give you the proper introduction, you you sneak your way in to give me a hard time, which is only fitting for the head coach of Minnesota United, Adrian Heath. How are you, Adrian? I'm
2: not bad, thank you.
1: Yeah, obviously you're in a, you're in a, a bit of a, a, a spicy mood. If I can't even. Uh, Get the first sentence out before you're already telling me I did your show and proper introduction well, incorrectly. So feel, here we go.
2: I feel comfortable. I'm <laughs> <folk. laughs>
1: Yeah, as you should. This is a. Uh, this has been a spot that's been uh, been really fun for Minnesota United. They've kind of um, had representation here throughout the entire tournament, doing a lot of giveaways um, as the the tournament's picked up. It seems more and more. Times you've been here yourself, yeah. Manny Lagos, Amos McGee, Cal Kindred, myself have been here. So this has been kind of the the home away from home for the last month, hasn't it?
2: Yeah, I came. We came on the Saturday after the uh, the game on the Friday against Dallas. I think Shane, the yeah. you owner, know, told me there was seventeen hundred people in here. So I think they're doing okay. The World Cup's looking after Brits Pub.
1: It's been it's been a great place, and, and uh, they've got a great little lawn lawn out there where they put a, a big screen TV up. The weather's been. Picture perfect this summer for World Cup viewing and and during the games. Only one or two days, I think it's been it's been raining, so it's been great. We'll talk more about that as the show goes on. We've got a jam packed show since we last talked to you. There's been two games. There's been two new players. There's been a lot more World Cup action. I mean, just about everything that could have been jam packed into a week has. So we should start with where we left off. You were in a great mood last Tuesday night when we talked, Adrian, because England had just pulled off a win for the first time in 22 years in a major competition on penalty kicks. Life was good. Thank goodness that went well because you were in a delightful mood. I can't imagine what you would have been like had they lost. And then you played Toronto FC at home on July 4th and got an impressive 4-3 win at home, maybe your most complete performance apart from a couple of late goals, scary moments, but yeah. collectively, how did you feel at the end of July 4th as you're watching fireworks from wherever you are in, in the west part of the Twin Cities, knowing that you had just gotten three points off the defending MLS champions?
2: Well, I think the most important thing was that we approached the game in a really positive manner. I think the fact that we actually changed the shape of the team again to compensate for the way that Toronto play. We went with a 3-5-2 again, and I thought it worked perfectly against their 3-5-2. And I think the fact that probably after, I think it was maybe 30 minutes, they started to change their shape because they couldn't really come to terms with what we were doing. Um, Thought there was some fantastic individual performances. Obviously, Darwin got all the... The, the plaudits because it was an incredible hat-trick. But apart from that, you know, Miguel Ibarra was outstanding on the evening, and I thought the three centre backs were outstanding as well. So it was a it was a great performance against a really you know well the, the, the defending champions. But I think maybe for two years they've probably been the outstanding team in the league. Absolutely, and it's
1: weird because as as good as they have been in the last year spe- uh, specifically, but the last two years as you mentioned. They are actually, what, four points behind you currently. They sit with 16 points. uh, Minnesota United three now uh, after the weekend after a draw with Sporting Kansas City. Um, Level on games played. Three points behind. I mean, it just goes to show. Six months ago, even earlier this year, they're playing in the cha- in the Concacaf Champions League final, yeah. and now we're talking about they could be out of the playoff picture by the by the end of the summer, really.
2: Yeah, I, I fully expected them to actually make a charge before now. So, but they they're leaving it tight because you know it, it, they've inexplicably, really, they've gone from being beginning of the year, people talking about them being the best team ever in MLS, they started incredibly well with the CONCACAF, you know, the Champions League. They should have won the Champions League. They should have lost the penalty kick. And kicks. the fact that they started early, I think everybody thought that they would come into the season flying because they would got a little bit of a momentum going and were on a little bit of a roll. So it's been a strange one for them. But I think it also shows how tight this league is. And I think it shows you the, the difference between being bottom of the league and actually being at the top of the league maybe atlanta are an outlier now but you know you look at the rest of the teams we played dallas who were top of the west when we played them we had eight to nine glorious chances and should have won the game
1: we doubled them on shots I think it was 16 to 8 13 to 3 on corners yeah.
2: so it just goes to show that you know that the difference between the top and the bottom is not as big as some people might think and on any given day, anybody can beat anybody, as Toronto's results are proving at this moment in time.
1: Well, on any given day, anybody can beat anybody. But on any given day, can anybody score a better hat trick than Darwin Quintero, or that one be forever remembered as the best hat trick in MLS history?
2: I was talking to some friends the other day that, and uh, this is people who've rang me from England, who've who've seen the hat trick. Who's this Quintero guy? Who's this <laughs> a Quintero guy? But I think the most important thing for me. was the quality of all three were different. You know, the first one's the outside of the foot with him running at a pace. The second one, he's chipped it across his body. And then the last one, I'm thinking, no, he can't score from that angle. It's impossible. That was probably the best finish of all three. Oh, easily! Because you could not have placed it higher in, in the upper 90 from, from I've never from seen what he
1: was. A chip land in the top corner. No, it
2: was incredible. And coming down, you know yeah. what
1: I mean? Like the the trajectory on the ball, and, it almost doesn't even make sense. And scientifically, and there, was other,
2: there was other things as, as well on the night. I don't. He played three other balls on the night for Christian, for Rasmus, and one or two other people, which only Darwin Cantaro can see. There are very few people within the MLS who can see that pass. Maybe Giovinco, who showed his little glimpses of his skill oh, he later a on. Screamer from exactly, yards but, out. but it was uh, no, it was a special night for a special player. And um, you know, it, the disappointment of the weekend in Houston, on the back of that performance, it was it was probably as as bad as I felt after a game because there was no reason for us to take. We we should have been full of. Uh, Confidence, enthusiasm, on the back of a really good performance, and we never really got going. And as soon as we conceded the first goal, you know, I was concerned that we were never going to get back in it.
1: Yeah, you make a good point. As we're talking to Adrian Heath, head coach of Minnesota United here, talking about the high from TFC win at home on July 4th, another the low of Saturday night uh, on the road in Houston, a 3-0 loss, uh, which was. A weird one in the sense that it was a game that was almost decided on two set pieces, and then the third goal is nothing more than a a consolation goal at the end for Albert Elise, uh, who gets his ninth on the year. but uh, this game was decided on on two corner kicks, uh, both Philippe Cinderos gets on the end of them. I want to talk to you about well two things overall the game, your thoughts of it as you kind of just touched on it there momentarily. But then, more specifically, set pieces. So give us, you're kind of, as you look back at the game now, and you've had time to, to digest it all, the game, and then, and then specifically, let's, let's dive deeper into set pieces.
2: Well, 34 minutes gone, we've had the two best chances of the game.
1: Breakaway from Christian.
2: Yeah, and, and, and I think we had maybe two or three other little opportunities where if the final ball would have been good, Yes, we, we could have got people in on goal. So that was disappointing. You've heard me say it a million times. People probably get fed up with me saying this. Goals change games. I've been in games where we've been incredibly, not just in Minnesota, in, so much in charge of the game, it's incredible. Yeah. And then you can see the goal, and before you know where you are, you're two or three down, and you're chasing the game, and you're going, how, how did the, this happen? How, how the hell has this happened? Yeah. We, we've been in control of this game. So, But when you're on the road, and then opportunities arise, you have to take them. Them opportune moments, you have to take him. You have to strike while the opportunity presents itself. And we haven't done that enough this year. And then, obviously, the next one, which has become sort of the debate of the week, if you like, is set pieces. We've conceded six goals in the last eight. Well, I'll ask you this.
1: So so six of the last eight conceded on set pieces. So do you have a preference then? Do you like to go man for man? Do you like to go zonal marking? How do you like to approach... um, set pieces with you, Mark Watson, Ian Fuller, well, I think, and, and um, sorry, John Pasquarella as well.
2: Well, I think I think everybody has a difference. I, so since the criticism of the weekend, we've done some sort of, we've some scouting around, shall we say, and we've been looking around. Out of the world's top 10 teams, seven of them man-to-man. Only three teams zonal completely. Then there's a hybrid of that where two or three people will be in zones, which we prefer to do, a couple of people in zones, and man for man But the bottom line of it is, now more and more people are spending more and more time on you know, picks, blocking people. Yep. The delivery now, people are putting people in spots where they're putting so much pace on the ball that if you can just get a glance on this ball, it's in the back of the net. Mm-hmm. Most importantly, I think this World Cup has shown that there's been more goals scored from set-pieces than any World Cup ever.
1: And are there any good players playing in those World Cup? I actually think pieces? there's some
2: really good defenders in the World some Cup. Some potential in there. <laughs> so, so that goes to tell you that we've got some of the best coaches in the world. We've got some of the best defenders in the world. And there's been more goals conceded from set pieces than at any other time. So it's a little bit more difficult. I'm aware of the criticism that we've had for this. But you know me. I'm not sitting idly by not ad- trying to address this.
1: Oh I go to, I go to training. I sit I sit and watch set pieces for fifteen minutes a day at least. So, yeah, so I mean I I've seen plenty of practice on set pieces and I've seen where you've yelled at guys when delivery hasn't been good enough and then you get six, seven, eight in a row and you start to think, okay, we'll end it there on eight good Set pieces in a row, and then you get
2: to Saturday, and... and First two corners at the first man. Don't go above knee height. I can only imagine how frustrating that must be for you. But that happens in football. You know, I think this weekend was... (sighs) uh, Richard Boxall. (laughs) Michael Boxall
1: has been... His his better-looking twin. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) has
2: Has been incredible since he's been with us. Yeah. And nearly every corner has been incredibly tough and determined and nobody's got to cross him, nobody's got off his back shoulder so for him to be involved in two of them at the weekend was a little bit of an anomaly I think, so you know we're working on it, I understand that people frustration, no more so than myself and the staff and the players but I also know that we're going to have to sort it out because if we're going to make a run for these playoffs and take this season into the end of the year, then we've got to start picking some results up on the road and not putting ourselves under enormous pressure every time we play at home.
1: Well, you talk about making a run for the playoffs. You've done something, you and your staff have made two new additions to the squad since we last talked. When we come back, we are going to dive deeper into the two new additions to Minnesota United when we come back here from Britz Pub, downtown Minneapolis. He's Adrian Heath. I'm
0: Jamie Watson. This is The Adrian Heath Show, presented by Heineken on 1500 ESPN. We now continue with more of The Adrian Heath Show on 1500 ESPN. Presented by Heineken.
1: Well, welcome back to The Adrian Heath Show. Coming to you live from Brit's Pub in downtown Minneapolis, right on Nicolette Mall. One of our favorite places in all of Minneapolis. One of the best soccer-watching bars. Adrian Heath, as we welcome you back, as we always do. Can you guess this tune that's playing?
2: It's Dave Matthews' band.
1: It's Dave Matthews' band. It's that iconic voice. Yeah. What's the name of the song, though? I don't know. You've got an impressive, like, 12 consecutive street going right now. It's something Billy's, in it? Oh, you're, you've got a half credit for the band. You've got a half credit right now. You're up to three-fourths credit.
2: Tripping trip, Billy. Oh, to- we should have got <laughs> Hey, Manny, you should have <laughs> cut-, cut, cut it. We should have cut that early. <laughs> oh.
1: Manny, we should have cut it early. We were right before that. He was dying. He knew it was coming. Well done, Adrian. Yeah. We, uh, we welcome you back now as we've just been talking about... Toronto FC, Houston Dynamo. The games that were last week, uh, another busy week approaches this week as you've got more games coming fast and furious tomorrow night against Deportivo Saprissa of Costa Rica of Costa Rica, and uh, Saturday against Real Salt Lake at home. Uh, you get a stretch here of four games at home, three MLS games. This is international friendly tomorrow night. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about Real Salt Lake later on in the uh-huh. show. We'll talk more about that. those other games that are going on right now over in Russia.
2: Well, we've, got any, we've got eight games this month, I think, haven't
1: we? Eight games this I month. Think is, yeah. I think uh, I so, think that is a a busy month. <laughs> Just a little bit, yeah. I think we've <laughs> but got... But we've
2: got, we've got most of them at home, so it's a really important stretch for us, well, and we're all aware of that.
1: And having home games is important, but also having reinforcements is important. And with the transfer window opening up today, July 10th, you are now able to sign players and officially add them to the roster. And since that's happened, two days in a row, you've signed two players. First, we'll start off. This is probably the most important question I'll ask you. The new addition, Romario Ibarra, joins a team that has a player named Miguel Ibarra. So this question I pose to you, what is the correct plural form of Abara? Abari, Abaras, Abari. I don't know
2: you're supposed to be the brains you went to the university <clears> didn't you
1: I left school at 15 no one's ever accused me of being the brains here Adrian if it's between us
2: the good thing is i know i know how players work if somebody's getting criticism named Ibarra, they'll all think it's the other one <laughs> exactly cuz that's how it always
1: works they'll just blame the other one here yeah. so all right so we we welcome Romario Ibarra. yeah uh a player who's just broken into the Ecuador national team, uh, a player that you've been excited about. It's been in the works for a little while now. Kind of uh, walk us through, one, the process of signing uh, Romario Ibarra and what he brings to the table coming from Universidad Catolica. What does he bring? Why why this guy?
2: Well, I think one of the most important aspects of... Uh, the game at the moment has certainly been the, the sort of introduction of like game-changing pace. You know, the real end pace that you look at, Alice in Kyoto down in um, in Houston. And yep. Houston have got. You know, you have to cater for these guys with the change of shape. And you know, if he goes out here, you've got to come and cover. We've never really had that pace where we go. We're just going to leave him one for one out wide, and we're going to play it in behind. And you know, he's going to get to the ball. This guy can do that. Incredible pace, incredible change of pace, which is a bit different, especially when you get in and around the box. Sure. That change of pace, when people put the leg out, oh, suddenly they find a way of hitting that leg, and before draw you know on how you fouls, are draw drawing some penalties. Some penalties, yeah. So I, th- I think I think he got seven goals last year. I think from looking at him and watching a lot of tape, which we have done, I fully expect him to be able to get ten goals. I fully expect him to be able to get ten assists. You know, he can stretch the field. Um, But for me, the biggest one is going to be now that certainly on the break away from home that we can, you know, suck pressure up and then counterattack with real sort of pace in wide areas. And I think that's going to be a a huge difference maker for us, certainly on the road. And at home, you know, we can actually leave him out there and say, right, we're going to cope with the rest of us. You stay up the field and we're going to hopefully let them change the shape and worry about you.
1: Which is exciting because I think that is a a huge Threat and and speed kills in this game, uh, as you mentioned, Albert Lee. That's the the one player that really comes to mind for me around this league. Is, as I said it in the broadcast uh, the other night, I think he is maybe most likely the fastest player in the league. And even if he's having a bad game, his speed allows him the ability. You have to cater for him. You can be bad for eighty nine minutes, yep. and then the speed can get you in behind, and you go score a goal. So so when I when I ask you the the attributes that Ibarra has. Um, Romario Barra, you talk about his speed. Where is he going to play? Where do you see him featuring on this team? And then what are the expectations of him this season coming halfway through the year to a new country, by the way?
2: Well, first and foremost, it takes people quite a while to settle down. You know, this is... His English is very limited at this moment in time. I tried to have a conversation with him the other day. So that's the first hurdle. Then he's got to get somewhere to live, settle down. Then he's got to, you know, all the stuff that people don't think about, getting a social security number, getting somewhere to live, getting... It's, it, it's, it's a process. Yeah. So, you know, hopefully he can hit the ground running. Because that's what we need. We need him to come in. But it might take time. But he's 23 years of age. He's a great age. Just broke into the Ecuador national team. You know, scored goals this year. And the the qualifiers against Chile and against Argentina. You know, so hopefully he'll come in and straight away he will influence the team and be a game changer. But we know we haven't bought him for the next six months. This is a guy who signed like a five-year deal. He's going to be here a while. So we've got plenty of time to work with him. 23 years of age, great age. Um, We've had Jared, our fitness and conditioning coach, down with him for nine days down in...
1: You flew Jared down for the last nine days? Yes. I was wondering where it was. You wouldn't tell me.
2: No, Jared's been down there working with him for nine days, so he says in the nine days he's come a long way, so... uh, you know, it's been. Uh, hopefully, that'll be money well worth worth spent.
1: Certainly, and and uh, when can fans, as we kind of wrap up him to go into the next edition, when can fans expect uh, him to be here and maybe feature in a game?
2: Well, we we were expecting him to get his passport back from uh, the uh, from the uh, consulate today. So as of this, when I left this, the, the training ground, he hadn't got it today. If he gets it today, he'll be on a flight tonight or tomorrow. So, you know, I, I would expect by the end of the week he'll be here.
1: Okay, awesome. Uh, and then the big announcement today, Minnesota United adds their second designated player to the roster as we talk to Adrian Heath, get his thoughts on new edition here on the Adrian Heath Show presented by Heineken, Angelo Rodriguez. Angelo Rodriguez, for those who haven't seen him yet, um, Looks like the kind of guy that, if he says something, even if it, you don 't want to do it, you say yes, sir, because he <laughs> he might be seven feet tall, yeah. no, all kidding aside, he is a big boy, yeah. huge uh, you know over six foot big, big strong yeah. wide yeah. what are your what 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 about Angelo Rodriguez made him? the perfect fit for your system to bring him to Minnesota United as a designated player?
2: I think the most important thing is that it, Angelo will bring us something that we haven't got like, a little bit like it's been with Romario. We, we haven't had breakout pace. We haven't had somebody who can, from the off-way line, just set off and go past three players across the ball. We, we haven't got one of them. And now the other one is, we've got a guy now who, who you say, he brings a physical presence. And that will be a physical presence in both boxes, defending and attacking. One thing we know is, if you can get the ball into his feet, into his, in, when he's backing in and posting up with defenders, you ain't shifting it. No. That's, a, yeah, that's, a, yeah, that's a certainty. So now that gives us a starting point from which to work. We can get the ball from halfway an hour off, drop it into Angelo, and then start to run and get people to run off people. You know, Hopefully then get Darwin to play underneath, sliding little balls through for the pace of the Ibaras. Oh, so, the of Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so it gives us... Uh, it will give us, I think, plenty of options. Um, but more importantly, hey, we don't know. Sometimes players take a while to settle down. We've got two more players that are going to fight for first-team shirts. And I know, and I've said this to you a long time, the biggest incentive for players to stay on the field is when they think they might not get lose when they might lose the place and not get their place back. No, certainly that's uh that is always the biggest motivation. Um, one last one for you before we had
1: to break, um, any possible other additions, maybe some, some things in the works now, maybe something both here domestically and internationally that you, you know, it's just you and I chatting here. Come on, just us here. Yeah, yeah. Let, let us in on a few. Yeah, we've got five
2: signings. No, no, I was, I was <laughs> only kidding. I'm only kidding. We've got, uh, Hey, it's, it's the day, it's a day old and we've already bought two in. So we've got plenty of time. I say we've got plenty of time. You know how quick this week, this month goes because, but I think there'll be a lot of wheeling and dealing within the league. Obviously, we all got different needs at this moment in time. Some teams are more desperate than others. Some teams have started well and want to maintain that. Others want to get in the playoffs. Others want to get out the basement. So. Everybody's got something to actually improve on. And um, I'm hopeful that these two will not be the only two that we bring in in this month.
1: Well, I can only imagine how in the world your phone stays charged with how much calls you must be getting currently during this window. So what we're going to do when we come back from break, we are going to shift gears from MLS and Minnesota United and trade, trade talk and, and new additions. And we are going to go to the world's game, to the world stage and the World Cup We're going to get your thoughts on everything that's transpired in the last week and what will transpire in the next week. So stick around as we return to
0: Brit's Pub on the Adrian Heath Show on 1500 ESPN. This is the Adrian Heath Show presented by Heineken on 1500 ESPN.
1: Welcome back to the Adrian Heath Show. Yeah. Coming to you from Brit's Pub tonight.
2: Day after day.
1: Presented by Heineken. You're already guessing the, the name of the song. Yeah. Are you or is that you're locking in day after day? No, no, you've got to let me wait to the chorus. <laughs> no, you're not getting to the chorus. You've got about five seconds here. Oh, give me,
2: give me the people sing this thing. Unless you
1: want to sing, keep no, going. No, go. uh, nope. Give us a t- give us it's, a song.
2: It's, we all know this one. Who sings it's, it? Uh,
1: Who, sings it? Who sings it? Cut it, Manny. <laughs> Cut it, Manny.
2: <laughs> what is it, Manny?
1: You were you were second one second away from here in the name of the song. You don't know the name of it. Go on then.
2: Of course I know we it. We
1: finally did it, Go Manny on. What is it? Brad Lane and myself have finally stumped you. Finally stumped over. you. Uncle Cracker, drift away. Drift away.
2: Yeah. I feel like I was thinking of somebody else, not Uncle Cracker though. I was probably thinking of the original.
1: Well, this is this. Is I don't think this is the original, is it? This was already one of my favorite songs, but now Uncle Cracker came in and did it. I remember seeing... See, that's what
2: you're trying to do now. You're you're putting like third people singing it.
1: Oh, because in music, nobody gives a a, 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 a rendition of it. Yeah, no one ever does that, right? Yeah, I don't do cover
2: versions. I only do the originals. (laughs) So that doesn't count. That doesn't count.
1: I Actually, quick story, I remember seeing... Kenny Chesney singing and he brought out uh, Uncle Cracker to sing the song. I think Uncle Cracker was enjoying the green room a little too much. He couldn't even sing the song. He was stumbling around. Sounds a bit like you. Sing, and, and I think Kenny Chesney figured it out halfway through. That's how I do a couple of the broadcasts every yeah, yeah. now and then. He figured out halfway through that Uncle yeah. Cracker was... Just yeah. blissed. Cracker. He couldn't. Yeah. He couldn't Cracker. He was absolutely yeah. hammered. Couldn't sing the song, yeah. and so the rest of the crowd sang it for him while yeah. Cracker stumbled his way back off. What a guest appearance! So I was
2: thinking. I think. I think it was Dobie Gray did the original. I'm. I'm not sure. I'm sure somebody will tell me that.
1: Well, you know what? Uh, I, what I'm sure of is you will not get any credit for that. Okay. Uh, you are one for two I'm going to check.
2: I'm going to check, and if it is Dobie Gray. I'm getting a point. Well, you know what?
1: <laughs> you could save up all those points you get and buy something nice with those later. Okay. Let's, uh, let's, let's dive deep into World Cup talk here. Uh, it is that time of the tournament. One team has booked their ticket to the final. And I got to ask you, Adrian, as England sets out tomorrow at 1 p.m. to be the other team to book their spot into the final uh-huh. versus Croatia, how are you feeling? Nervous, excited.
2: Yeah, a, bit, a bit of everything. And um, my mum. I spoke to my mum today, and she said that the place is absolutely going crazy. I think I read somewhere today that there's no merchandise with England's three lines on it anywhere in the country it's sold out they haven't been able to make it quick enough they haven't been able to get it here and they thought they obviously you you imagine—they thought
1: they were going to lose two weeks ago I don't think they think
2: that but they obviously you know they probably thought they got enough merchandising and I I think everything's been sold I said to you last week I think it's very difficult for anybody who's, who's not spent any time or any length of time in England, to realise what, uh, what football means to the people, and what the national team means. It means everything to everybody. So uh, I'm excited, a little bit nervous, and uh, but I honestly think that we can we can do it. I said to you before, I'm quietly confident that this group has got no baggage. I think they've, they, they haven't lost in these penalty shootouts. They haven't lost and had the heartache of having three semifinals. I think they just look like a group of young guys. It's the youngest... Squad we've ever had go to a major tournament. They look like a, a group of young guys who are actually just going to seize the moment and, and enjoy being the center of the world football attention. And um, I'm looking forward to the game tomorrow. I don't think it's going to be easy, but I think we'll have enough to get there.
1: So, so if that's the case, if you see it play out that way, which I think too, I, I think England wins. If both teams play the best of their ability, I think on the day England is better. Um, and I think, you know, seven, eight, nine times out of ten, I think they're better than Croatia. But here's what excites me at the possibility of next week on the Adrian Heath show I'm talking to Adrian Heath and I'm talking to a guy who is on cloud nine two okay. days in a row 48 hours where you may be uncle cracker yourself next time the yeah. show comes on two days straight of partying could England be will England be the world champions the next time we hit these airwaves
2: I hope so I hope so and the well, most
1: no, do are they not hope so Yes or no? Well, I,
2: I've said yes all the way along, so I'm certainly not going to change now. Okay. And I've just told you they're going to beat Croatia. and I think So they get France in the final. They get France in the final. And I'm going to say this. That, and I'm not just saying this now. England set up better against France, playing their 4-3-3, than they would have done against Belgium, who were playing the 3 5 or 3-4-3 that England are similarly playing. So I think that England set up better against France than, than they would have done against Belgium.
1: You think today was, was the best result for England?
2: I do, yeah. I, I thought Belgium might win before the, before the day. Just going back to set pieces, because it's been a, yeah, a bone it, of contention um, for
1: everybody this week. Um-TT scores the 51st minute off of a so corner kick. So I just went
2: through today. Alderweireld at Tottenham, Jan Vertonghen, Tottenham, Vincent Kompany, Man City, Chad Lee been at West Brom, uh, Fellaini... At uh, Manchester United, Lukaku, Manchester United. So the whole Premier League, used to the ball in the box. Six players there over six foot three. And Umtiti scores with a free header in the near post. Unbelievable. So when people talk, it's it's, it's easy about defending set-pieces. Probably not quite as easy as people
1: think. I mean, that that is a mind-blowing stat that six players all defending the box. Umtiti at six foot himself, which may be generous. Yeah, that may be worth breaking but, but but the, but the point. The point I'm ground. trying
2: to trying to make is that the run was good, the pace on the ball was really good. It's hard at times for to, for people to stop people, but if you were Belgium today, I guarantee you they didn't think they were going to lose this game by a set piece. No. Not with the not with the physical presence, and and they play in a league where the balls in the box a lot. This is not nothing new to them. Six players I've just mentioned. Yeah, they all play in the Premier League. Well, the ball's in the box more than it is probably in any team in Europe, any,
1: any league in Europe. Wow. You know what? I knew that that was – I knew they had some big boys, but 6-over-6-3 six six, is a, an impressive stat. And, and as we're talking to Adrian Heath, talking to World Cup here at Brits on the Adrian Heath Show presented by Heineken, I, I want to talk to you about get your thoughts of what's the experience been like from a viewer perspective for you. Obviously, it's been going well watching your team, England, doing well, but have you been able to catch a lot of games uh, – at Brits, have you been watching a lot at home? What have you thought of the coverage of Fox? Um, should Callum Williams have been there? You know the usual questions
2: well, I always think Cal should be there i think I think cal 's excellent I think he 's got a great voice i think he's got he works really hard at his trade um, the The slight disappointment for me, and it always is when it's and it's you know when, when the the world cups back sort of europe way is the time difference I, I like to watch the games at night and Nine o'clock, ten o'clock in the morning is not a great time for me. Right, a kickoff of training. <laughs> well, most of yeah, these. exactly. We're trying to prepare for training, and you, you. you but we did DVR'd every game as a staff, We've got every game. We've watched every game, um, and obviously the one o'clock game. I think it's. I think it's ten o'clock, isn't it? The final. Ten
1: o'clock on Sunday. Yes. So
2: yeah, I'm just. I'm disappointed at that because I don't know why. I like the. I like the end of end of the day sitting down having a couple of beers or a glass of wine watching the game unfortunately it's not going to be the case but I think the coverage from Fox has been absolutely fantastic and um, you know the fact that we can I can sit here and listen to English commentators and everything it's been it's been really good I think there's been some really good I think Stuart Olden has grown during the tournament I think his uh, play-by-play has been excellent so I think there's been some, a lot of positives for this and it's not quite at home as much as the U.S. not being here as well, I think.
1: I know. It's been... It's been I can imagine what it would have been like had the U.S. have been, but I think, uh, as you mentioned, I think Stu's been fantastic. You know, I think uh, Cal's been great. Um, you know, I, I guess, as, as we hope this scenario perfectly plays out, England mm-hmm. make the final, and they're playing against France, what would that final be like? And what worries me for you is a 10 o'clock kickoff on Sunday, if, if England get to France... And they win. I mean, are you going to be okay?
2: That's a long day of, of partying. It, it will be a long day of partying, <laughs> <laughs> ten o'clock at night yeah. for you, so yeah. you go to bed eventually. No, I think it's it's good. obviously it'll be a great day, and everybody will be really excited. I'll probably get a few people over at the house, but uh, you know, you look at France. They have got the young kid Mbappe, you know, oh, most expensive teen- teenager ever. Got incredible pace. You know, the little back heel today, the imagination he's got, absolutely fantastic. Griezmann, pace, vision, the size of Giroud, you know, just great presence, 6'4", 6'5". So they've got really good attacking pieces, but I don't know. I think Pogba's come, Pogba and Kante and Metuidi in midfield, incredible size, energy, athleticism. And so I think it's going to be difficult for England. But I do think that France, actually, the way they set up suits England better than Belgium would have done.
1: Well, I think that's uh, some good breakdown. It's interesting to hear tactically how you see the game and then also hear your thoughts on how you see it playing out from here on out. So with that said, I think that puts a nice little bow on the World Cup. And next week when we talk again, we will do a more comprehensive breakdown of the World Cup and hopefully... You may come in here swinging the Three Lions shirt around your head, still partying two days later, getting set for a matchup uh, next Wednesday night. We've got two more games to talk about uh, up until we talk next. We've got deportivo Saprissa tomorrow night. Real Salt Lake on the weekend. We're going to dive into that when we come back. Get your thoughts on MLS play with Minnesota United. And as always, we'll finish with Ray, Ray Cowell's call. we got one final segment left. We're going to bring it on home strong from Brits Pub. I'm Jamie Watson.
0: He's Adrian Heath. This is the Adrian Heath Show on 1500 ESPN. We now continue with more of the Adrian Heath Show on 1500 ESPN. Presented by Heineken. Here we go. One final segment. Of
1: the Adrian Heath Show, coming to you from Brits Pub in downtown Minneapolis. Adrian, it's not going to be a perfect night from you. You're one for two this on is name that By tune. the way, it's Trained. Yeah, it, you should know this one. Drops a Jupiter It's a great one. Yeah, I feel like it just. It could be. It, it could be synonymous with no, I, it, these the are, tears running down your face of no, happiness no. when England wins the World well, Cup. I,
2: I hope so. I hope so. Or it could be. Synonymous a, yeah. with crying tears no. when they
1: don't win the World Cup this time next
2: year. No, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I've next come, week, I've come to terms that we've had a good World Cup with the youngest team we've ever had. I'd like him to go all the way, but I'm, I'm, I won't be incredibly. Di- I will be disappointed, but I'll, I'll take it for what it is.
1: All right. Well, last segment, we got a deep dive into the World Cup that has been incredible. It's been exciting. It's been unpredictable, and as we circle now back to MLS play this week. Um, before you return to MLS play on the 14th, Saturday night, 7 p.m. at TCF Bank Stadium, you have an international friendly against Saprisa uh, from Costa Rica. Tell us a little bit about this team. Why are they here? Uh, what makes them um, a perfect candidate to bring in? If, for those that don't know, I know how great they are. Well, tell, tell everyone what makes them so great.
2: Thirty-four times champions of Costa Rica—that should give it away, you know. It's a lot. That's a few. <laughs> they've few. won the league a few times, and, and that obviously doesn't count what they've won in the cups. And they've always been virtually every year the Costa Rica's representative in the Concacaf Champions League. They always have good runs in that. And uh, I think Darwin scored a goal against them and knocked him out this year in the, in with, the champions uh, Club league. Before with Club America. With Club America, yeah. So you know, it's it's they, they've got. They've got a great history. They've got a great history of bringing young players through, and this is very much a young, developing team that they've got. So, obviously, they, they played River Plate they, closely. You know, they lost 1-0, but it was very close. Down and, in uh, Orlando just the other th- day. Yeah, yeah, I think they got beat in Columbus, so it would be interesting. But the good thing for us is it gives it's a perfect opportunity for us now to give six or seven of our players who we've been desperate to get some minutes, they will play, hopefully get their full 90 minutes. I want, I want to try and keep... Uh, A lot of the guys who have been playing first-team football. I'd like to keep them fresh for the weekend against RSL because I think this little stretch is going to be huge for us moving forward.
1: And just for the fans listening at home wondering, if this game is tied, it will go straight to penalty kick. So you may get your fix there and the way England's running right now. Hey, they may actually win a penalty shootout there if it gets go. to that point. Uh, as we get to Saturday night at home, uh, RSL, what do you see in Real Salt Lake that you and your staff will be planning for uh, to take into consideration in this big Western Conference matchup?
2: Well, it, it, it's strange because their, their season's been very up and down. They started very well, and they had a really bad patch in maybe seven or eight games. Yeah, where they, bit up and down, right? Yeah, and then they're on a real good roll at the moment. They've got some really good players, you know, Albert Rusnak and the, the kid Savarino, the Venezuelan international. They've got the young kid Baird, the homegrown kid who looks as though he's got a really bright future very, very quick. Um, Beckerman with the experience, him and Raimondo still in there. I like the kid Glad, Yeah, yeah Justin Glad. I think he's got a big future. I think he's got himself now in and around the national team. I think he's one for the future. Joe Platter, people forget, you know, they've got great pace. We love a short guy, about five foot four. you and I. I like him because I'm bigger than him as well. Yeah, I mean, we both, you should sign him. We'll that's when... <laughs> probably the only one in the league that me and you might be bigger than him, by <laughs> the
1: way. <laughs> Seriously, him and Darwin, but, those two. Yeah,
2: exactly. But uh, no, they, they, and, and they come in full of confidence. You know, they're on a real good roll. Um, but as I say, that we've been more than more than a match for anybody at home and if we can continue the way we played against toronto we'll have more than enough to win the game
1: all right that'll be a big matchup this weekend well adrian it is that time as we start to wind the show down we've talked world cup we've talked new players we've talked mls play matches that were matches that will be but now let's get down to business every week the end of the show Callum Williams gives us a goal call from one of the goals this season. And Adrian Heath listens to the call. And then he gives a score of scale of 0 to 10, 10 being the best, where he gets a chance to listen to the goal call and rate Cal's call. This week, one of three. Darwin Quintero's first goal outside of the right foot at home against TFC on July 4th. This will be the call. This was the moment of the three. I felt like I really, really enjoyed this one. But Adrian, it is time for you to rate Cal's call.
0: From one end of the field to the other. Here comes Darwin Quintero! How about it? How about it? A blistering goal! And Darwin Quintero!
1: There's the lose back into the realm of relevancy here. Right shoulder. There is Cal. Realms al- of relevancy. It almost sounded like when he said Darwin Quintero. It's yeah. like he went through three Aguero. different emotions. It's a bit like Aguero. The but... one that won the, the, the English Premier League yeah, a couple a bit, seasons ago. You're a bit, right. A
2: bit Martin Tyler-esque.
1: Oh, that is like the nicest thing anyone's ever said to Cal, I think. I think he's going to enjoy that one. No, it doesn't matter the score now. Now that you said Martin Tyler-esque, one of his heroes, what do you think? When you listen to that call. I, I, I think Cal's got more in the bag. I'm going to give him
2: uh, a
1: seven. You've given him a seven? Again, yeah. it's, uh, for me, a bit low. I enjoyed that I call immensely. I thought you immensely. were
2: asking me, though. Yeah,
1: I also I also am going to give my opinion whether you wanted it or not. <laughs> oh, no,
2: I, I thought you asked me that. So I, I'm sorry. I'm, I that Give off. us a reason why a seven. Why not higher? I like a few more adjectives, a bit more description. Okay. When Cal's at his best, we've had the purple rain and all that stuff, you know. He's done well there. That may be tough yeah. to top.
1: Well, the good thing is, Darwin Quintero gave us a few more within that game. So we've got some good material for the next couple By of weeks. By the
2: way, for a couple of weeks, because we were running out of material, weren't we? <laughs> oh.
1: Thank you, Darwin, for that. We appreciate it. Thank you, Cal. You know, and thank you very much to Brits Pub for hosting us this week. Adrian, do you have a good time?
2: As always, I like, the I like going outdoors, I like getting on the road. So uh, let's do a few more.
1: Well, it's been great. Thank you so much to the promotions team here at 1500 for being here, setting up. Thank you so much. Brad Lane making an appearance down here. Thank you, Paul on site. Manny back home, we really appreciate you at home listening to this. We have a great time doing this, and we're so grateful to Heineken and everyone for this show. That's it. Another Adrian Heath show. He's Adrian Heath. I'm Jamie Watson. This is 1500
0: ESPN. You've been listening to The Adrian Heath Show, hosted by Jamie Watson, presented by Heineken. For Minnesota United game and broadcast information, be sure to visit 1500ESPN.com
3: and click on the United tab in the SportsWire. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the Sleep Number Bed comes in, and let me tell you,